0: Yeah. Parry Talks, welcome back, episode 50-something, don't even know anymore, my life is an absolute shambles, At 52? Yeah. Damn, man. man's done more research than me on his own episode. Um, I guess today, is one of my favourite artists in Australia right now, he's been quoted to blend hip-hop, experimental rock and electronica to create his own very distinct sound. He's just released his new EP, it's all happening somewhere else. Dolores, if that's even how to say it, how are you, man?
1: That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Hi. Hello. How
0: are you? Are you happy with Dolores?
1: Um, it's, well, I mean, you're close. It's, I, I pronounce it as Dolores. Dolores. Like that could just be my, like, you know, list or something. you know.
0: (laughs) No, but the double R makes sense with the res.
1: Yeah. I'm actually interested. Like when I, if I like ever, when I go back to Italy, I'm like, how am I going to start like pronouncing it a so kind of, I might do it like Spanish. That might be the closest delineation.
0: Um, well, you were born in Rome now living in Melbourne. How hyped yes, were correct. you when you shut up all the, um, all the fake British people in Australia when Italy beat England in the Euros?
1: Um, I wasn't very, I wasn't very um confrontational with anyone. Although my star my brother um Jasper, uh he's like a he's you know English big English, uh, soccer supporter. So obviously that was like the extent of my banter. Uh, <laughs> but I, I fucking I got up at five a.m. I went to like my um my dad's like friend's house. They're all like forty year old Italian like migrants, um just like in Brunswick. And so I just pulled up to their house like five a.m. It was like a bunch of those dudes, like some of their kids. They were like making pizza. So I was just eating that like in like the living room. Just a That's bunch the, of people with like flags dancing around. It
0: was really- it's the beauty of nationalism right there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. the right kind of national <laughs> or patriotism.
0: Not nationalism, yeah. Don't don't co-sign <laughs> nationalism. Um I I and to start this off, I can see on the gram that you worked in a call center as well. And I did that I do- for I did that for a year and a half as well, so you already know this conversation is going to be hectic. Like people that work in call centers know how to talk. This is something it just rewires your brain different.
1: Literally, I got ordered yesterday. I was chilling. I got work tomorrow.
0: <laughs> he even fixed it. Well, I think started off on a on a big question.
1: Yeah,
0: there's there's so much going on with the way that music has changed in the world at the moment, and I'm not likening you to these artists at all. Because I know you probably get this all the time. But if you think of people uh, yeah. like like Brockhampton, like Tyler the Creator, like Slow Tie, they're really pushing the boundaries of what it means to be a rapper. You know, how much easier do you think it's been for you to yeah. find your craft having seen these rappers come through and break the sound?
1: Mm. Um, well, I mean, probably like a lot, because uh I mean like with the artists you mentioned like Tyler Creator was probably like the first artist I got like I was like a big fan of like the first artist who I actually listened to like their whole discography got like obsessed with you know Odd future 2012 etc um Brockhampton as well when they like first came out I was super into them like I bought like bit a lot of shit from them bought tons of stuff from Tyler Creator when slow when I first found out about slow tie I literally like for like a whole year I made like Grime. If, like it doesn't exist anymore on the internet. But I literally like, I just like, I, there was like a British accent and everything. It was cringe. But like I was like obsessed with slow tie for like two years. Um, so yeah, these are all artists who have like sort of trailblazing for me, I suppose. But I mean, at the moment, like now that I'm even like expanding my genres even like further past uh, just like rap music, uh, like rap in general, but still keeping those sort of elements involved. People like sort of Gene Dawson and Genesis Owusu. Uh, who else? Maybe Junior Varsity. Kind of, I don't know. Mostly LA. It seems like there's like a there's like a new wave of like um, like indie and like punk and rock. Rock music is kind of resurfacing in the last few years, especially in Los Angeles. I noticed huh. so. Get a lot of inspiration. It sounds like contemporary artists who are changing like the game.
0: Yeah. Are you across Turnstile? No. What's that? They're sick. They're this band from I don't even know somewhere in America, but like super, like skate aesthetic. But they make rock music mm-hmm. and like rock. I don't know. Rock music has never connected for me for some reason, like locally, internationally. But there's something about them, Turnstile. They're crazy. They just like it's just they've got singles with blood orange like it's just different Ooh. and like i'm sure they're a part of that changing like idea of yeah. what rock music has to look or sound like from an aesthetic point of view
1: yeah
0: um so. you, you already spoke about sort of your ex, like ex, making grime songs for a year and stuff like that how long did you uh, comm- yeah. <laughs> how long did you commit to just experimenting and finding your sound and then you know, how long did it take you to be like, this music actually sounds like me now, I'm comfortable with this sort of music that I'm making?
1: Um, I reckon like the comfort probably started in like mid like 2020, probably when like Fluffy Dice came out obviously, but like there's like probably half a decade worth of music before that single um, shit that I was just putting out on SoundCloud or Bandcamp under like a variety of aliases in high school. Um, And so i don't know i've just had this like sort of like impulse to do literally everything so i can't not it's quite exhausting but like i have to like essentially just like have done or have tried every possible like thing there is so i would just like have like seven different artist names and each one would be like a different genre and i'd put out like an album per artist up on my band campaign so like 12 albums worth of like different genres of music all of it not very good but like all different genres So like, there was like beats, there was like hip hop, like instrumentals, uh, like noise music, ambient music. There's like two Memphis, like rap tapes, Um, like uh, some rock, like Kimmy Dawson, like sad boy kind of acoustic music, all shit from like when I was a teenager. Um, But the problem is, is that like, I was like biting all these like one sounds individually. So it means I was just kind of like, you know, doing my version of like someone else's sound and then Eventually, I guess over time, my taste in music and like my awareness of uh, music got so big that I was pulling from like so many artists that it just became like one sound and one, you know, soup.
0: Beautiful. I feel like, and on that as well, I like to ask this to people and you can take this any way you want, Mm. but just what do you think generally of the term rapper for an artist like you like obviously you do rap and there are elements of rap, but it's different. Yeah. Do you feel like you own it and like be a rapper and then push the boundaries of what it means to be a rapper? Or is it more like, I hate that term. I'm not a fan of it. I'm just an artist.
1: Um, I don't, I don't hate that term. I don't, I'm not, I don't mind that term as much as I'd mind any other like label that anyone would put on me. It's all just like transparent. Um, I'm not bothered. Uh, but yeah, I don't mind, like, I'm not surprised, like the majority of the music that I have out right now is rap music, so like, I'm not, you know, but I mean, I probably wouldn't be considered a rapper in the next like five years, you know what I mean? Like, it just depends how your sound changes.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like such a weird touchy talking point for people in Australia now, I think, just with the way rap music is being pushed in Australia, I think it's so, it's like, it's getting so much bigger, but at the same time, like so much learning needs to be done by the Australian consumer about like how diverse rap music is. Cause then anything that comes out, that's weird and different people like Brockhampton-esque and it's like, it's super interesting, the dynamics of that. So I feel like some artists would be rejecting it a lot.
1: True. No shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Australian rap music has only really started being good in the last five years, no cap. So like, I mean, Where am i going with this um <laughs>
0: it's just changed
1: yeah it's just like so it's just like better in the last five years because it's being like made there's like a new generation of artists etc so i sent like all the people who are my contemporaries whoever's in the scene you know there's like a 100 people i could name um they all started like putting out music in the last five years and now there's like a new wave of australian hip-hop that doesn't just sound like you know I mean, Nosebleed is a fun song, but like, yeah, let's no. try it. So this is like the f- it's like for the first time, like Australian like rap music actually has like a scene actually has like different subgenres There's actually like different there's people like actually putting into it. And it's actually being made like multicultural, all the different parts of the city. So for like, you know, the people who are actually meant to be making the music are actually making it.
0: I wonder why it sounds good. You know what I mean? Like, Exactly. No, I'm, I'm not going to, like, that is the 100% difference, I think. It's like people yeah. from different backgrounds are making, are making hip hop in its, like, actual, with its, like, main ethos at the front of it. And, like, you can say whatever you wanted about the music, but, like, the new B-Wise album that came out on Friday is, like, mm-hmm. this might be, like, it's, like, one of Australia's, and the music he was making is, like, one of Australia's first, like, true hip hop albums. And it's like it's so revolutionary where it's like someone of of like African descent is like making an album about his actual experiences in Australia, and it's like that is so rare. Like literally, never existed before an artist like him. So like it's no surprise that so quickly with the internet and stuff that other artists are popping up well on the left side of hip hop music as well. It's just like as a natural evolution of that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like um
0: no i'm blank (laughs) and i think i think one other point to make on that is that hip-hop music like in australia has only gone massive in like the past three years and the last two of those years have been COVID. So like I feel like we haven't even seen it flourish. There's so much disconnect between like the cities as well, which I think that plays a massive part in it. Whereas like if we had people from Sydney and Melbourne having shows in each either, either state, it would like mm. make it so much more wholesome, but we just can't. So it feels like everything's happening separate so much right now.
1: Yeah, well, I mean the little bit of time I got to spend in Sydney was like crazy because I met like so many people and it's like so I mean, I'm just constantly doing, like, back and forth comparisons in my head when every time I'm over there, but just, like, meeting all the different people, like, going in like, all these different sessions. Um, very surreal place, Sydney.
0: Yeah, you got to work hard. the grand city. <laughs> um, let's focus back on you. Um, yeah. EP was written over a long period of time from, like, 2018. Um, why do you think these tracks all make sense together for now? or do they just not and it just exists
1: um i think the fact that they like fit together is a little bit of a fluke but i believe that they do kind of fit together like as as um as you know inconsistent or kind of diverse as the ep is sonically i think there is sort of like a, a straight a straight line between them that kind of ties it together sonically could be like the production or the mixing um but yeah i don't know it was just kind of like songs like I said, like I was saying earlier, like, you know, the majority of like my time making music is me kind of putting on like a character or me like playing like a character to do a star. So this is kind of like I was trying to do like the first project is sort of like a statement. This is sort of the first time I'm actually making music that's me. Like the original the the EP was originally just gonna be self-titled. It was just meant to be like Dolores, and obviously that was the point. Um, in contrast to like my previous music, even though it's all been deleted. But um, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it was. So I was just trying to be like, I was trying to combine all these sounds together to just make like one official statement that this is like what my music sounds like going forward. Sort of in reference to that sort of whole past discography. So I guess it's kind of like an inside joke statement for like the people who knew me back then. Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like having worked on it for so long, like, mm-hmm. did you know from the start, like, as in, was there a change in period where it's like, okay, I'm going to write an EP that's actually me now? Or did that come later where you were just messing around and you heard the songs and it's like, hang on, this sort of sounds like me for once or for the first time?
1: Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember that was like three years. Uh, I reckon it was like around 2019 that I started just like experimenting with like different kinds of songwriting sort of around the time where um, my friend adam told me to sort of delete all of my music um to sort of because i was very disgruntled about my 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 career slash music uh making goings on um and so that was his suggestion or his plan uh and so yeah basically just like scrapped all of like the previous stuff and just essentially just like worked on like making my voice sound good because like my <laughs> i like i was doing like some weird shit with my voice my voice sounded really trash. i would literally just like record the same verse like a hundred times and like change the inflection like change how to like it's very hard to make an australian accent sound good on wax so like this is essentially what i was trying to do for a whole year was like work the intonation try and like you know what i mean and create sort of like a like a transatlantic equivalent of the australian accent you know what i mean like you know like in old movies from the 30s it's like not british but it's not american it's like in between that like the equivalent of that but for rapping in australian that's kind of what i was trying to do and then eventually did that on and then put out fluffy dice and then from then on just like experimented more um and this is kind of just what happened like originally that i think the ep was going to be like way more rappy and stuff like fluffy dice was meant to be on it but then i guess i just started experimenting more and more and then when it got time for the ep to be done i'd written all these kind of stranger songs and that's just what ended up on that
0: um how do you feel about rapping in an accent do you feel like not like in an accent accent, I'm not saying you're, you know, putting on like a New York <laughs> Harlem accent, but do you think like it should be, because it's such a controversial thing. Like I think for a lot of people where it's like, oh yeah, own your accent, like rappers, <laughs> Aussie rappers need to stop sounding American or whatever. Do you see that it should be a comp like a, mm-hmm. I feel like it's easier for you though, because there's a lot of vocal effects and stuff. So it's meant to sound different and like robotic but I don't know, do you see that as like, was that a big decision in your mind to like, you know, use an accent or was it just like, I need to get this vocal sounding right?
1: It used to be way more of a big, like I, this used to be very heated for me. Nowadays, not so much. I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really care as much, but um, yeah, no, I originally like, when I first like started like, like like rapping, like actually just like recording like bars over like MF Doom instrumentals for like two years, I was just doing like a, I basically just would do like a, I'd copy like MF Doom's voice and do whatever like his New York accent was. So I was doing that when I was like 15. Um, And then I would just like change accents all the time to the point where like I changed accents so many times throughout like growing up and making music that when it actually came time to make music that was me like not in someone else's character, I didn't know what my own voice sounded like when I was rapping because I'd spent so many years impersonating other voices that when actually came time to make my own music. I didn't know what my voice sounded like that's why it took two years to find that again by like playing around and kind of just like mixing it um i know a lot of artists that like put a little bit of more of like an american inflection um but at the same time i know a lot of people in melbourne kind of like talk with a bit of an american inflection like so um it's really like i don't think it's a point of contention i think motherfuckers sound dope when they sound dope and also just like you know the rolling stones have been putting on american accents since like a however many decades ago. Um, so I don't know,
0: you know, well, you know, I, what, you know what blew I, my mind about uncle. accents and singing, um, yeah. Dua Lipa, but I thought mm. she was just like some LA girl for the longest time, but she's from like the UK and it blew my oh, mind. Really? I, heard her, I heard her speak for the first time. I was like, well, wait a second, <laughs> hang on a second. It's like, you're the most LA looking human ever and acting human ever. But like, I do mean, just says about, you know, that's globalization, eh?
1: yeah and also i think like accents are like more of a thing in rap music than they are with like any other genre just because i think um rap and hip-hop has like a lot to do with like you know representing where you're from you know like things about like you know there's like that story there's like a lot of like heritage like thing you know like stories hip-hop a lot of part of the culture so if you're like putting on an accent that isn't where you're from it's kind of like you know you're fake you're not yeah it's kind of like it takes away from that image and that kind of respect or whatever um you know like look at iggy azalea yeah (laughs) to america Uh, but like i feel like nowadays it's not as much you know what i think you know what i mean it's like things are slowly and slowly there's less barriers and less borders in between genres etc due to internet obviously so like things are just becoming less and less you know of a thing there's less gatekeeping
0: definitely um how long and like this is proper open-end question because there is a lot of you know vocal manipulation on the project um how long did it take you to master that skill like as in cuz i've got no idea what it's like to be a rapper just to sound good with an autotune or a pitch or you know how long were you comfortable with hearing yourself back like that or was it is that an instant thing that you just
1: i mean like it's like specifically like vocal effects or just recording my voice in general
0: um let's let's do both let's go let's go vocal effects firstly just cuz it's uh,
1: like essentially like my vocals i've always like all my music has ever been up until like recently was just like instrumental do a verse maybe like double it do like a chorus maybe have like some reverb etc and then that's a song and then i meet um a good essentially who like the fucking changes like, everything voice, fuck, voice magician. this motherfucker's a genie so like yeah if after meeting him and like going like being in the studio with him all the time and making music with him all the time. And like, you know, having this sort of like, you know, musical partnership of a sense, like essentially like learning what that cunt can do with this, sorry, what he can do with his voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's insane. So like, just like the way you just like, you like melodies. And like, I started like singing because of him. I like learned how to like, you know, like dynamics and every like your voice is like the most insane instrument and that's exactly like how I found that out. So after I met him, I just like tripled my fucking, sorry, my voice game, like tenfold. Um, just by like, exp- I don't know, just trying like a hundred things. Like he's he does, like the way he like, we used to like do vocals is crazy. He would like do like 20 layers and we do them all in like a different voice. So we do like a shouted one to do like a growly one. Then you do like a whisper one and then like a really quiet one. Then like a yell one, then you do a yelling one from like further away from the mic. So we do like 20 different takes and then like, you know what I mean? Just try everything um, and see what sticks. And then like with this EP after like, now I've known him, you know, for like a, a, few, a few years now, just like, I just keep getting more and more experimental. So I'm like trying to find pedals and stuff. I'm trying to like buy sims. My setup is actually quite rudimentary. If you can see, this is like- This is it. This is where most of it is done. There's like a couple guitars in the back. There's a mic
0: and that's literally it. I don't have any other instruments. <laughs> You know who does that really well with like the laid vocals and just like just really good vocal engineering. The Flatbush Zombies, like you sound, you yeah. hear how Michi how Michi sounds on a record. It's like wow, yeah, it's just crazy. like they're up there. Um, on that, on meeting him, um, how important yeah. was that? Just not so much on the just on the vocal front, but just meeting another artist and working with another artist. How important was that in you finding your sound throughout that, you know, 2018, 2019, Um, whatever period?
1: I reckon like extremely, I don't think my sound would sound like the same at all if I hadn't met the people that I've met, um, and obviously influenced me, taught me things, et cetera. Uh, but like, it's like throughout high school, like up until like a few years ago, um, like all of this, like, everything i'm telling you is all just like between 2018 2019 yeah. 2020. it's a long kind of like story with different chapters. but um yeah like just in high school i didn't know anyone who was really like you know they were like music like people but they were more like kind of vca like jazz nerds etc like no one's actually making or rapping uh more or less so yeah i just like didn't have any i've like the reason why i produce and write and record and do everything myself is not because like i generally wanted to it's just like i grew up with no one else making music with me so i just have to do everything myself and i've gotten used to it so that's kind of like a habit um but i'd still love to like i'd I'd love to be in a band that'd be dope True,
0: sure, i can <laughs> yeah, definitely say like, that I'd happening
1: be... yeah you know like any id style or some shit. yeah but yeah let's like kind of so like after like um after like a while i got to a point where like i just wanted friends who were making music and so like i just like found <laughs> again like my friend adam who was friends with like all the boys in 3k who were friends with someone else who then was friends with ugly mango so like i just like started like meeting people through a phone tree i was like went out and like specifically wanted to meet people to like you know get part of the scene because i noticed there was like a scene and so i just started to go into all the events i went to like all the ones that are, are bony like wednesdays i went to like 30 Dirk, sunday nights like all these like different events that all these cats were throwing from all across like the west and the east and all these different parts and like that was dope like there was like two years in melbourne where it was just like events 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 every week and it was just like people like from everywhere just like doing little shows i feel like i just like come to watch all of them and meet every every person
0: yeah um i feel like and like we sort of touched on this but i had like people in sydney don't know this shit's happening like genuinely don't know any of this is happening so it's so crazy like why do you think and we sort of touched on it, but I'd like your opinion. Why do you think there is such a disconnect do you feel between the cities? Or maybe just like a disconnect between all the cool shit happening in Melbourne versus the attention that Sydney's getting at the moment?
1: Um I mean, I'm not actually too sure. It kind of seems like one of those things that's like just always been there and but no one really knows the reason why. But at the same time uh you know sydney is kind of like the hollywood of uh of the australian industry both in terms of i think film and especially music so you know as as much as how as much as like far-fetched as the whole you know la new york like comparison thing there is like a bit of truth to it in terms of like an industry sense because like all the is in sydney all the big label like hqs are in sydney the pr whatever like the the you know music videos yeah. artists, J headquarters whatever the hell my managers in sydney my labels in sydney like um so I'm not surprised but also like over there there's a lot more air of like there's more competition it's obviously like a a bit more commercial um I don't know I guess it's just like a lot more competitive and a lot more like um intense maybe whereas in Melbourne it's like because there's not as much light like there's not as much pressure on people to be like you know, active all the time and shining and like fucking sorry, and like putting out music all the time and like being really active. Melbourne kind of has, uh, you know, a dark cloud over it at all times. So like people kind of spend more time indoors. They're like, you know, they're kind of experimenting more. They're kind of like they take more time in doing their things. I mean, this is like there's exceptions. I'm not saying like black yeah. and white, but um, yeah, that's how I feel. And also in Melbourne, there's like a kind of like a an idea, and this is like it was especially apparent when I was in Sydney for like during the tour. Is it like we're so like too cool? You know what I mean. Like and I like do this all the time. Where there's like you don't want to be active, you don't want to like drop any music, you don't want to like promote yourself. You know, we're all very like you know cool. We don't like being famous, or so... you know what I mean. Like you can... we all kind of like. I feel like artists just like fall into that. And I mean like I do it all the time. It looks fucking dope. It looks dope. So like why not? That's my image. But like yeah. at the same time, it's like it's not, it's not going
0: to push your career very forward. You, know? you can always tell a Melbourne Instagram versus Sydney Instagram yeah exactly like if they're just it's posting like, like photo dumps in broken mirrors yeah like shit like that or like mimosas and a share house brunch like that's a melbourne yeah. house
1: exactly. i mean like i like i like, like i like melbourne like melbourne like shit posting and melbourne like instagram shenanigans etc like the way it's done you know i feed into it it's a vibe I like same well, a
0: stuff. Well, if <laughs> you look at like if you look at like my instagram or any of my friends instagrams it's like that's the life we're about like i don't know i feel like Having two separate Instagrams for like the podcast and my personal Mm. is like so important because I can feel like I can just like flaunt Parry Talks like, yeah, bro, like interviews every week with the best shit in the world. But then like my personal, it's like me in trees taking pictures of like a bird and then like a swipe. It's like, it's the most Melbourne thing. But on a more serious note, how much do you think that context of like no pressure, experiment, do what you got to do, be friends with whoever you want to be, and then whenever it's right put the music out how much do you think that benefited you as an artist like did that context fit what you were working on and how you were working
1: um yeah it like benefits i mean it kind of it influences my whole sound cuz like the music it's essentially like all like the music is melbourne the the visuals the marketing is sydney you know what i mean so like my like all the the creative side i get from from here and then all of like how to promote shit and how to like do all that stuff i get from my manager who's based in sydney so
0: shout out <laughs> michael
1: um so it's like here's what here's what we need to do is we need to combine the creativity and like the weirdness of melbourne with like the marketing and like the you know the show the show-offiness of sydney you combine that together you got a career you know what i'm saying so, <laughs>
0: and you've got to unlock
1: got to draw the middle ground so like i like in melbourne like so i spent two years like you know experimenting going like all these sessions it's like having fun which is like what you should be doing but then at a certain point you actually have to put that music out and then that's when i look over and like look at sydney so all you got to do is just like have your mind in two different places
0: um perfect beautiful i feel like so let's back to the music back to this ep um, Yeah. When did it start to form as an EP? I I can't imagine how many songs you scrapped throughout the period, but when was like when did you have like four or five or two or three that made sense together? Which ones were they? And then when did that become? Oh yeah, shit! This is an EP. This is like looking nice.
1: Um, man, this whole thing's a blur. Uh,
0: (laughs) My life's a blur.
1: Literally. Okay, I'm trying to think of like track track wise. Um. The first, the intro track, the last track, and DTR are all like from like 2019. And then the other ones from last year that I made in lockdown. Um, So I don't know, like the concept of like, I've been wanting to put out an EP since like Fluffy Dice came out or since like a little bit before then. So originally the plan was, and this is what sort of Adam um, uh. I guess foretold in his prophecy or whatever that he was that he was telling me. Um, is just like make, uh, like just, you know, delete everything, make like five or six like good songs. Like really like, like, just like make five songs that are just like good, five or six, whatever, a handful. And then put those out. And so the whole time I was just like working on these like five or six songs that I would like eventually put out. Like I might, I wasn't originally gonna do it as an EP. I might've just put them out as individual singles, but eventually I was like, I like EPs. I like being a project artist. I like I like album rollouts, so I was like, Fuck it. yeah. Um, and yeah, and so like originally, Fluffy Dice is gonna be on the EP, but then that song got too old, and like it wasn't done in time. Um, there was like a bunch of songs. It was meant to be seven songs originally. Then like the intro got cut, and then like you know, Michael maybe like might move some songs around and like change the order around, and that changes like the whole like way the album, the EP feels. Like if you make like you know one song the intro and move things around, it makes everything sound completely different um and yeah just over time i just like kept like making new songs and then it got to a point where maybe like end of end of 2020 was like when like the uh the ep was like done in terms of like the songs were like chosen apart from like that last time they got taken out like more recently um but yeah it was just like i don't know just like eventually i just woke up and it was like it was done i don't know <laughs>
0: it's beautiful <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I always think about the pressure on artists to put out projects. Like i'm I'm definitely, and this don't get me wrong, I'm definitely like a project listener. like if I see a package together set of music, I do love that. but um you know, why do you think you are such a project artist now? like what like I don't know, that's a weird question I know but I feel like there's so much like moving and look at someone like Lil Nas X or like, and obviously very different artists, but you know, for someone as diverse a sound as you, do you think it's easier to process the music when it's like a bit everywhere in a good way, in a project? Or do you think that, you know, the singles are important as well? If you know what I'm getting at, I don't know. Just like,
1: Um, I think obviously, I think my, that's true that my EP, sorry, my music sounds like, uh better it makes more sense in like an album or an ep context is because you're getting a fuller picture and you kind of like every you know it's kind of like bigger than the sum of its parts because all the genres kind of come together because if you like were to just listen one song you might just think that i make punk music or something yeah but at the same time it's like singles are dope and also like i am like under i feel like as much pressure as any other artists like to like put out stuff i gotta like again shout out to my manager i gotta like (laughs) I gotta post like you know videos i gotta post like teasers i gotta do stuff i gotta post things on like a weekly basis at the right time of day i gotta like i gotta do four more no, i gotta do four more music videos before the end of the year and we're in lockdown <laughs> and then like another ep next year so like i have like a whole schedule of releases um it's only once we get the ball rolling so like i had those like two or three years where like i didn't really exist uh in the scene like i wasn't an established artist now that they're like official kind of statement is here now that the foot's on the ground you can't really stop running essentially so it's kind of like the it's going to get faster and faster up until the point where i can like relax and disappear for like a couple years
0: yeah how and like obviously you have good management on board by the sounds of it but Mm. how was it for you because i feel like you're such an artist artist how was it for you just turning, making the transition and being like i've got to market this music now i've got to be a personality i need to be the face of this was that a tough transition for you or was that yeah <laughs> yeah
1: no i don't like i hate i hate instagram like first and, <laughs> and foremost um i was yeah i was just like wasn't like i was kind of just like afraid to be on there i wasn't really like i'm very sort of like closed off um or just like probably just wasn't in like a good mood for like a several years um so yeah i was just not like active at all um or just didn't really do much and then after a while i just like got more like you know open more assertive etc more like uh i don't know person personality ish personable so, yeah is that a word <laughs> yeah respect um yeah so i got more uh, personable uh, throughout the years and i don't know just like eventually got to the point where i, I just you know i'm kind of comfortable Um, doing that and also just like from being on stage as well like kind of like in this last like tour especially with like jordan another thing i learned a lot from jordan that man's stage presence is insane um so like everything i know uh about like performing i basically just like learned from him because i've never really like played any proper shows up until this one that was meant to happen last night um
0: yeah (laughs)
1: So like, I've been like, yeah, just like from being on stage with with him all the time and seeing how he like controls an audience, the things he says in between songs, like the way you can like just like get the audience to do literally whatever you tell them to do. <laughs> like if you yell loud enough, it's insane. So um, yeah, like that was like amazing as well. And that's kind of where I pull like my, like live performance inspiration from.
0: Beautiful. And on the EP, We'll talk about the music as well because we've gone so holistic. DTR, my favourite song of the project. Just talk through the creation of the track in what context, and okay. you know what order did the arrangement come in for it?
1: Um. So. Oh, here we go. Oh, I think. I was trying to learn, um, you know that song I Gotta Find Peace of Mind, um, Lauren Hill. Yeah. I got it. yeah. So I was trying to learn that like by ear, as I learned most things, and I think it was like the first two notes that she plays are like <laughs> I gotta find peace of mind. Right, yeah. so those two chords. And then I added like a fourth note to the chord, which I don't I don't know in theory, so whatever this and then And it becomes like a jazz chord so it's like and then it started with that loop and then i made that really weird kind of like electro drum beat um and then just like yeah made i made that in like 2019 i think in my my dad's house in rome i was like visiting him and he had like just like very like cheap, there's nylon string, like student guitars in his bedroom. So I just recorded it on like my laptop speaker or like my phone speaker and made that the beat. And then, yeah, just like, keep. I just keep adding stuff. Like a lot of these songs like have been worked over like a year. So like, I'll add like a section and then like two months later, I'll come back and add another section. It takes me like years to even write the lyrics. Um, DTR, like the, the vocal takes, are like, like 200 vocal takes, like so many, like I've scrapped and gone back and redone them so many times because it was also like the first time i was like properly singing with auto autotune so like just like the amount of time it took to like get my vocals comfortable was just like hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of takes
0: um, do you think that um also thanks for the parry talks exclusive <laughs> like i wish i had a soundboard for the first ever performance on parry talks um do you think that that perfectionist mindset of like i don't know if it is a perfectionist mindset but that patient mindset of i'm gonna work on this song for a year do you see that as a massive benefit for your work and for your music or is that something you want to work on and get quicker at generally uh,
1: i definitely want to get faster because like i don't want to be like man these songs i've heard these songs so many times i mean they <laughs> slap <drum. laughs> i haven't even performed yet um so like i would love to just like. Get to the stage where like i can like you know work on a on a on an um project and then like put it out a lot quicker that's what i want the second uh, ep to kind of be like i want it to be like a bit of a faster turnaround mostly because it's like half done anyway um but i mean the reason why it took so long is not like so much that i was like you know like tink like you know obsessively like tinkering on like the sounds every day for three years i had like life shit like on a regular basis. So like, it was like six months, four months stints where I wasn't making music. That's why it took three years. So like, if I could condense that into like one year, I could make a project that's just as good. Or I could even spend four years, go Frank Ocean and work on nothing but music and live in hotels. And if I actually spent four years actually doing nothing but music, imagine how crazy the EP would have sounded if that was the case. But obviously I can't wait another three years to put out an EP.
0: Yeah. But this is more of a, I think this is more of a comment than a question because I'm going to gas yeah. you up, is I think that you can really hear, I think why the EP is so special is that you can really hear the life experience through it. And it feels like, I know, it feels like a finished piece of work. You hear so many EPs that are just like, here are four songs I wrote in the past six months. But I feel like it it definitely has that, you know, extra layer, whether it is in the arrangements or the vocal delivery, there's just something about it that that feels like older as a project, not older in like a... It was written that long but it feels like it's grown like with time which i think is so special and uh, i think is super underrated in the way that music's consumed today
1: appreciate it thank you um, no worries. yeah no it's well it's i mean like originally like some of the songs were meant to like transition into other there was like a lot there was like so many kind of like behind the scenes ideas about like the flow of the the project um like as like like i was saying earlier like the order that the songs were in i think like Overkill was meant to be like track four, and then there was like another outro, and then Healy's was like at the bottom, I don't know, it was like a whole different combination. And also the intro track, the um, that was one of like the last songs that came in, because it was like a tie between that and like this sort of like other sort of N.E.R.D. rip-off. Um, it was kind of like a, but also kind of sounded like 99 Problems. So that would have been a very different um, intro to the EP. <laughs> but eventually I just settled with this one. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I I, I'm going to finish the interview with like, I'm going to finish our part of the interview with like normal dollar S questions. And then we'll just, we'll just talk hip hop for like 15 minutes. Cause I just want your opinion on things. Cause we're probably on the same page. Uh, But I think a good way to like, I think one thing that's super underrated as well, mm -hmm. there's a lot more to this project than just the music, you know, the visuals, the imagery, the title, the artwork, how important is it to you from, from a creative point of view that, it is a complete product from all angles.
1: Um, just as important as the music. I mean, maybe not as like, maybe like 1% less important, but like by a hair. Uh, so yeah, it's all part of like the thing. I don't know, I've just always been obsessed. I don't know, Like, like you were saying about being a project artist. I just love albums. I don't know, it's just like, it's cool. Like I love like, just like all the, like the story behind it. Like a lot of the times I get into artists less because of like the music per se, more about like the story behind them. You know what I mean? Like I only found out about like Nirvana like a year ago. I'm not even joking. Um, not found out, but like started listening to Nirvana. And it was mostly because I was like what I was like reading some story about like um Courtney Love or something, and then like just like became obsessed with the idea and then listened to the music. Keep in mind I tried to listen to both Nirvana albums two years prior in 2018, and I hated both of them. But now that I had this sort of like backstory to the artist and this sort of lore, this uh world to kind of like stick my mind to then i started liking the music so that's what i do with my own music and what a lot of artists do with their music is kind of world building i'm just obsessed with like yeah. making characters because i used to make films before i made music i used to write scripts and like stories but i didn't have any friends who also made made movies and you can't you need a crew but yeah. but you can just do it all your own on your own so that's why i started making music
0: that's yeah so talk through just like um you know who did you have on board for the creative stuff like I'm just open platform to just shout people out that helped you through the process.
1: First of all, Renee, who's uh, um, my like director, best friend, etc. Life,
0: uh, you know, coach.
1: But yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit of a coach, to be honest. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, she like that. Like she does all like my like visual. She's doing the um the set design, uh, stage design for the show. She helps me with costumes from time. She's also like a multifaceted, like she does like set design for other people. She's done costume design, directing, acting, uh, et cetera. I do soundtracks for all of her movies all the time. I do like little like shoots for her. So we kind of like this like code. Trade. Co- yeah. Um, we got like John uh, or Joey. He's like my main like graphic designer. He did the the cover art. Girls at Mosh, um, photographer that I work with like tons of just like i just have a huge team like ryan and jaden who are like the um like sort of key grip and ac gaffer and also like like dops i do like videos with them all the time me and renee also have a production company called almanac and so we are kind of like trying to build like in-house um colorists and producers etc but also like we make like jeans and like etc it's a it's a whole empire conglomerate The em- like I have the empire. people ask me like how i do all this crazy shit other people do it for me like, like yeah I'm not, i don't have seven hands
0: but it takes an eye i think like
1: yeah
0: and like you don't just like people like oh yeah just who you meet but it's like it takes a long time to meet good people to get them to trust so i think that's still a credit to you if you can get those creatives on board
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um and like you don't even have to answer this question because you might not want to spoil anything but how do you transition this music to the live stage do you see it as a band thing or would you like it just to be you on stage or do you not want to spoil anything for the show
1: no um, i'm trying to sell tickets here so we got a full (laughs) live band (laughs) um we got uh keys we got bass uh saxophone we got like all these like effects um backup singers uh me i believe drums obviously I don't know. We're still working on the lineup. I mean, like if we were to play the show on like yesterday, I don't even know if it would have been ready. I'm still like making paper mache downstairs. Um, so like, <laughs> that's for the stage. Um, oh, so, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, what? <laughs> I, I've got like so many, bro. I've got like so many, I've been like planning like a, a live show my entire life, like a proper one. So like, I've got like pages of notes that I've been sort of trying to work in and um, but yeah it's gonna be dope like because i've never played with like a full 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 band before like we did one full band show once in 2019 but the sound like engineer took a ginormous l and we didn't have sound for like the first 15 minutes of the show so <laughs> and That's also like bro. at the same time so like this is you know what i mean this is like a whole it's like i'm you know i've never like this is all new all new to me so i'm like i'm geeking all the time
0: um, how important was, is the band for you? Cause I feel like a lot of artists are like, not in a selfish way. I like, I just want to be on stage by myself and stuff like that. But is that band thing super, like, is that, it's like, if I'm going to do a live show and a proper live show where we can spend the money on it, it needs to be banned. Or is it not that hard a decision?
1: Um, it, it's a lot of things. It's like, cause originally, um, the way, like the story is back in high school, uh, obviously because all the musicians i was with were all like you know jazz musicians they were all live players right so when we'd play like you know school concerts and when we play like shows at like the local pub whatever it would always be with like live bands but we're all really bad players so it sounded awful and like the entire so i kind of grew up with this idea of like live like my music live would never sound good just because like obviously at the time as well i was just making like samples and like Um, rapping over them so you can't really recreate like a whole bunch of samples of like you know three like year nines so um i kind of just grew up with this like you know thought in my head that like my music live would just sound terrible and then like so i would just like kind of play with like dj just you know with like a usb um and then once again dare i say Ogumango, that guy plays with uh, a live band and like i heard him play with a live band and it sounded amazing and i'm like oh wait it can actually sound good someone can actually do it and so then from that point onwards i'm like okay i need to play with a band and like i really just like committed to it um and actually got good players and like we've done one we've only done one rehearsal but it sounded so hectic like and this is the first time we've ever played like played together no one like knows these songs
0: true because you can't get rehearsals
1: yeah i know we've only done that's well like we had to postpone the show because we don't know the set <laughs> we don't know the song <laughs> how we can't play
0: yeah um and You've spoken about a lot, but you two with the Agung Mango, Genesis Awusu, yeah. Stack lineup. Yeah. Are there any memories or moments talking to those two, or just saying, you know what they did that stuck with you to this day that you haven't already mentioned?
1: Um, I mean, just like traveling with Jordan, um, that's Mango's name, um, was like just dope. Like just like traveling with like a, a friend, like going all these places. He's like a big. Um, I don't know. He's got like an imag, like a crazy imagination. He's like always like a, he's like a cat, bro. Like he's like, <laughs> he, like he, gets so excited. he like wants to do like a hundred things. It's like, when we're on tour, you can imagine, like we like go to like, see all these different art galleries. We go and like, we drive like from the bottom of Hobart to like the Northern tip of Tasmania. We like rent a car, like do all this stuff, like find weed in every, sorry, like every like city, you know what I mean? Like, just like that kind of um, energy is dope. So like, I kind of like that lifestyle really just like, Kind of like fuels like i imagine his creativity because like that's kind of like how his brain works that's <laughs> what, like makes like, music so like being in that headspace was like kind of just dope um and also just like the way like genesis is all kind of like backstage and his sort of whole process like before he has to go on stage it's you know because like i'm assuming he's playing like this character because it's a concept album you know what i mean the suit so you know he's like backstage he's like you see him putting his bandages on and like these all these like you know what i mean it's it's so crazy like the lights are dim like this whole it's like it looks like a movie i'm just like kind of getting pe- out of people's way just like watching and it. it's like you know him and like the goons walking on like, it's crazy i'm like seeing that like 20 times in a row Yeah. <laughs> never. So never get- i looked i watched that guy's set all the way through like seven times and it never got old i've never like i've never seen a live set as good as his. i swear to god you say that like i a- and he only had a dj that di- like desk.
0: yeah is he the goat australian artist right now maybe not the goat australian artist right now uh, but he's the best right i think oh i'm saying he's the best
1: i'm trying to think of other australian artists like because there's also ones that aren't in australia i think he might be like TVA, it's just like I don't know, like I like out of out of this generation, the person who's like coming up out of the scene, I reckon he's Australia's greatest export. Yeah. And he is an export because he's meant to play shows in America. I don't know if this is still happening, but like you know what I mean? Like he's like this album really like blew him up.
0: He's like, there. Donda. He's a, trailblazer.
1: <laughs> he's a trailblazer.
0: Donda, is it dropping?
1: Um no.
0: No. <laughs> do you want it to
1: drop i'm selecting the the live versions and then just have like a catalog that i can revisit
0: yeah true. i already okay.
1: prefer versions, than the, versions so. the
0: first version of um hurricane is the goat yeah
1: with the vocoder yeah
0: <laughs> um who how oh do we even open this conversation now <laughs> um i don't know who we who we like you know who's on your mount rushmore who are the people that you know, coming up, you know, through your youth and through adolescence really shaped your taste in both rock music, punk music, hip hop. Who are those people that are like, yep, yeah, they, they changed everything for me from a fan perspective?
1: Um wow. Wanna slip up. Uh I guess like if I'm trying to like go back to like early like all the like artists like my mom would show like the music my mom would listen to because like I kind of, there's a sort of weird delineation with how I'd look back where there's like a point in time where like there was music that I was listening to like as a person and then there was like as it's like a, a consumer and then there's music I was listening to as like a musician. You know what I mean? There was like a switch mm-hmm. as to like, I delineate like how I listen to music, how it's not how I used to listen to music. You know what I mean? I can't really avoid thinking about this kind of stuff. So the music I like grew up with kind of feels like distant to me, like it's, but like at the same time, like it, it doesn't influence like my music like it kind of does, but like it didn't at the time. Anyway, uh, Massive Attack, Black Ips, David Bowie, Brian Eno, um, Talking Heads, Philip Glass. I used to play like a lot of like classical piano, like just like when I was like a little child, just like messing around. Um, I don't know, like MF Doom, obviously Tyler growing up, he changed like that's the first uh, CD I ever bought was the wolf it was in the dollar bin at jb hi-fi um so i bought that, no, just like, kidding. To that and then i was like wow no way you can like make music that sounds like this and then that's when i started making music from that album i still have it on cd actually wonderful I... show sure. where is
0: it here
1: it is this thing is very
0: old it's a bait there you go. beautiful no,
1: actually I took decent care of it there was a i think there was a poster in it but yeah this is i feel this, like
0: this. i feel like my wolf my wolf cds a plastic cover i got really this. this
1: is like oh, i also got it on vinyl with the pink like the bright pink
0: yeah uh, <laughs> we're the same person
1: <laughs> yeah i noticed your poster mate
0: yeah i've got there's like a whole i can't i don't know if i can show you wait
1: ah you got a painting ah, no shit wow there are levels yeah i don't know it's like i'm assuming pharrell, like what pharrell did to tyler i'm guessing tyler does to me you know what i mean it's kind of like a weird like chain and what i'm assuming uh marvin gay and like stereo lab did to pharrell and the chain goes on it's really interesting to like notice like change of like generational influence yeah and like how it it's like things is- like looking like a, tree, like a family tree
0: but like a lot of indie artists now, like in like people in your lane, I don't, I don't want to put a category on it, because of that Tyler the Creator thing. It's like yeah. everyone just making music like the Neptunes, which is like yeah. a really good thing, like an incredible thing because they're the goats. But like, it's funny how like so many people that listen to Tyler don't understand how derivative it is, and I'm not criticizing Tyler for that. Yeah, but like, it's people like that's just that's just his fan base though. Like, I can't yeah, even. That's like.
1: kind of like I kind like derivative like music like all i think like most music my music is definitely derivative um the amount of samples that probably weren't cleared uh wink wink but i'm like
0: (laughs) try snitching on yourself (laughs) law Um, and order
1: literally um but like i think yeah there's not really like um but what were you just talking about
0: i was just saying how tyler Tyler's music so derivative and that's still a good, that's a good thing. It's not like a criticism at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like derivativeness is like the amount of like Tyler's music that like, sounds like so much like Pharrell <laughs> and like when I, cause like, I only like, I I listened to Tyler before I listened to Pharrell. Like, Same. I started from like 2018, 2019 and you go back and like, listen to it. And like, it's like all these things click and like, it's so dope to like figure out, um, how people do it and because like the people like people like oh you know if the greats are doing it, then that means you can do it everyone's stealing everyone's happy you know what i mean Yeah. like lcd sound system is basically a cover band doesn't mean they're not a good doesn't mean they don't make good music yeah. but like literally i'm like i could like pick out like 10 of their songs that are literally like exactly the same as like a, another song that's like from the 70s or 80s punk rock um if you listen to north american scum and then put on homo sapiens um by i think it's heaven 17 or something they're literally the exact same song. and there's nothing wrong with that he's he's got taste, and he grew up in like an era because the the man's 50 he made music in like 2010s where all the people who were pulling inspiration from that generation were all from like the 80s and 90s this guy's from the 70s and so he was pulling from like a whole another generation of music that's why he like blew up so much because no one else was like making that style of music just because he was old and he happened to start doing stuff late
0: um, right. <laughs> yeah, I I reflect that with my own taste as well. Because like, as much as I do love experimental music and especially in the electronic side of things, like you do want it to wig you out a bit. But like with my hip hop listening, it's like I'm not always trying to listen to people making this weirdly unique. Like my favorite music is all the Griselda stuff and like Earl that and, yeah. and stuff. They're just rapping over like loops. Like there's nothing like different. It's like keep doing that. Like never change, never grow as an artist. Please just. Loops and like, yeah, so I think
1: I like this, like, symbolism in hip hop,
0: yeah, but then you've done the whole you know what, stuff the boundaries, am I right?
1: No, but that's the thing. I kind of like, I want my music over time to like get more, I want to like make simpler music, I don't want to like um have like a thousand instruments going on as my as crazy as it sounds like i kind of really respect like simplicity and i want to like learn how to like write proper songs i want to like learn chord structures i want to like make like marvin gay music i want to make like stevie wonder like songs like yeah uh you know like that silk sonic stuff that's coming out as well that stuff is crazy it's so good changes and stuff i want to do all that kind of stuff and i also want to just like i want to achieve like 808s and heartbreaks like level minimalism you know what i mean just like is if a song's good, you can play it on a guitar and it's still a good song if you take yeah. away all of the effects. So that's the level I'm trying to achieve. At the moment, like, because I don't know what chords are, I have to rely <laughs> a lot on my, like, goodness to kind of, you know, boost it up. And it sounds amazing. But when I take all that away, I want it to be crazy. And that'll be, I don't know, at some point down the line. But that's the goal. At the moment, it sounds like an explosion.
0: Beautiful. Dolores, we've been chatting for an hour, just about. Who would have thought yeah. it's flown, but last two questions. <laughs> yeah. You wake up in a morning, you know, probably woke up a bit too late. You're not going to make yourself lunch because it's that sort of day. You're going to go get takeaway. You can go as grubby as you want, probably as possible. Yeah. Where are you heading? What's the go?
1: Like a specific place.
0: It can be a specific place or it can be a genre of food.
1: You know what? I mean, just like right now, for some reason I really want to go. Um, there's a like a there's like an imitation fifties diner up in, I believe, reservoir, um, next to the drive-in. It's called Misty's. I believe they don't exist anymore. They closed down. But uh, you go there, I think you spend 40 bucks, you get the university bucket, which is a bucket with four ribs, uh, you get chips, like three hot dogs, fried chicken, a milkshake, um, and like i don't know seven other things that i forget and that would be crazy so
0: good answer that don't exist anymore it's in my mind
1: it's in and mind. then it's
0: just... and then last question um we asked this to everybody yeah. who should we have on the podcast who deserves their story told who deserves to be grilled by me or who deserves to become my friend
1: yeah um have you, have you had mango on here no no get him on here though.
0: come on, <laughs> simple.
1: It's He's putting on. He's putting on.
0: It's yeah, insane. definitely. Hundred percent. Just when the like, timings right.
1: him, like.
0: Okay, sweet.
1: It's so much sense.
0: Beautiful. That's that makes my life really easy. We can clip this. We can send it to him. <laughs> Tag you <him> on Instagram. <laughs> Harry talks episode fifty two. Australia's no jumper, twenty sixteen. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. Man, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Please.